0: Hi, this is Michael LeFavor. and Ryan Matlock. Welcome to the Secrets of Grace on Return to Gilead. And we've reached the end of the era. Finally, this Whoa. is it. We are about to discuss the episodes that I've been waiting for months and months to finally talk about. Oh, it's
1: a momentous occasion. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's a lot to talk about. First off, spoiler warning: we will be discussing everything in these final three episodes. And uh, the first spoiler that we can finally say is that Tom Richter was driving drunk, caused Grace's parents to swerve at the end of Gilead Lane. They hit a tree. They died. Grace became blind from an explosion that happened immediately afterward. But Tom saved her from the accident. That's the story. That's it. That's the story. (laughs) Yeah. And um, these next couple episodes will lead the characters to that story. And the first of the three, which we'll be highlighting in this first part of this three-part review, is Sunrise Upset, episode 54, uh, 4-10, by Sarah Osinski. And then the next two will be 55, The Beginning of the End, by Beth Culp, which is 4-11. And then 4-12, episode 56, The End of the Beginning, by Beth Culp. All three of these are very tied really closely together. The last two are tied closer together because they involve the disappearance of Tom Richter um, once he sees the tree uh, that Mr. Key has a memory garden below. And uh, we'll hopefully be able to talk about all the details of those episodes next time. But for now, we are talking about Sunrise Upset. So... Uh, ready to jump into it, Ryan? Yeah. Okay. So this episode focuses on the Morrisons meeting with Janet Gray, Ben Taylor, and James Kramer at the Sunrise Grill, and the Morrison kids showing up a little bit later. Uh, we're going to be going through this episode a bit more linearly than the previous ones. So the first scene, we start off with the Morrison family all getting ready for the, their day. Haley's looking for sandals, and she needs the, the brown ones, uh, not the black ones, which Mary sees and she's going to Jessica's party, Justin is heading out with Lauren for the rocket club, and Michael's complaining he has nothing to do. There's a great callback to Summer Camp Blues because Timmy wants to go to Joey's house his friends for uh, his friend from camp. And uh, so Mary because she doesn't want to leave Michael by himself, even though it ends up not being a great influence on him, she leaves him with Brooke for the day. And then Luke and Becca or yeah, Luke and Becca eventually come over too. So that's the that's the setup for the first scene. And John comes in, and they talk about how they're going out to lunch, and it's just a, a meeting just for the two of them, and just the parents right. right. Which ties into the idea that the parents don't want the kids to know this secret and this story, even though they do eventually find out and it's all told to them because I think mostly because of the events of this episode, right? Because Brooke puts the pieces together pretty quickly after hearing all so, this sort all these of uh,
1: this episode and the next. It's really the the tree in the next episode that gets everything going, but there's a ton here that also lends itself to that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, before we move on to the next scene at the grill, there's a scene, there's a line where Michael's saying, like, uh, I, th- I think he, he asks if they'll bring home snacks for him from the grill, and <laughs> the parents say, I think there's plenty of food for you here, Michael. <laughs> and, he, and he still wants something to eat, and they're like, what do we say? And he's like, stick to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then later, his excuse is like, this is lunch. I'm not snacking. I'm eating as much food as I want during lunch, like the three cheeseburgers that he eventually gets.
1: I feel like there could be a, can we have some Sunrise Grill? No, we have Sunrise Grill at home. <laughs> sunrise Grill at home. Lasagna. Peas and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: really funny. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully they don't have peas and cheese just stored in the fridge, although I wouldn't pass. But I wouldn't <sighs> pass Mary to have that. Anyway, the next scene is sort of a, a prologue to the rest of the conversation. There's John and Mary sitting at the table, and Sally comes up and gets some coffee. They both take their coffee black, and um they're wondering why they're or Mary's wondering why they're there, and John says that Dr. Kramer wanted them to be there as mediators for the conversation because he's really wound up about what's going on it seems like um and we had wondered in a previous episode about Ben and Janet and what their involvement was, but here Ben and Janet show up and they have a pretty direct correlation to the events or like they they know about the events but How come they have unique knowledge of what went on? Like, even Ben in particular. Did you ever pick up on that?
1: No. No. I I picked up on why Janet had at least some knowledge of what was going on. I think that being that wasn't it that party where she was was broken up with, essentially?
0: No. I mean, they broke up... Tom Richter Sr. made them break up at the Sunrise Grill, which was a little while before. Right. Two and then weeks it was that, that party
1: that was shown in the scene later.
0: Right, right. And she was... Well, it wasn't that party. It was preparations for that party that was shown in the scene. Oh, okay. Right, because I don't think she would go to that party. She was the one who was encouraging Tom not to go to the party. But it, whatever, for whatever reason we were saying, it doesn't really make sense why they're involved here in the previous episode. It kind of makes sense now because they both know the full story. It's not like they and everybody else who was in high school with Tom Rick knows the story. Somehow they have unique knowledge of the situation. So, sure, yeah, I, I guess. Does that make sense? Somehow? Uh, kind of.
1: I think part of it is that the conversation, we don't get to hear the whole conversation because Brooke gets a conscience. Right. And so there's some things that may be just kind of lost Mm-hmm.
0: Like maybe there's, you know, yeah, maybe there's some fallout with Tom afterward that we uh, we don't see because we don't get that that flashback.
1: Yeah, maybe that'd mm-hmm. be interesting. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, the next scene is that everyone is at home. Michael's hungry. He says, I haven't eaten since breakfast. And is like, neither have anyone else. I have any of us, Michael. Uh, <laughs> and they're talking about lasagna. And then they agree to go to the Sunrise Grill. Uh, Michael gets excited about cheeseburgers and they, they head out. Um, Cut back to John and Mary. Uh, Dr. Kramer is late to the meeting, but Ben and Janet are there as well. And this is an interesting scene because this introduces the idea of why Grace is keeping it a secret. She's keeping the secret of what Tom did to her, um, to herself, and not letting other people say it for her because she wants Tom to reveal it himself. And that's, that's an interesting twist that I kind of forgot about, that she does want it to get out. And the parents say in the next episode that the truth would have got out eventually and that the kids should have trusted them to let the truth out eventually. But they don't, I I think the kids don't have any indication that Grace wants the truth to get out. Right? This is true. So this is Um, something interesting I was trying to think about. How exactly does this play into the whole thing?
1: Yeah, it's difficult because there's, I I do want to kind of go kind of piece by piece when we get to episode uh, like to the final episode yeah there's several things grace says that either i'm like okay that makes sense or it's possibly like (laughs) that she's kind of contradicting herself in some ways um so i look forward to kind of breaking that down but uh, overall it seems grace wants to let tom give the information himself and to kind of be the one to tell that, because otherwise it he's just gonna fight it. Mm-hmm. If she if if she tries to let it out, and I like if she tries to let it out, he's gonna fight it. His wife's gonna fight it. Um, and it becomes it's less about everybody here cares about the truth, and it's more now Tom's pushing against it. Whereas if he lets out the truth, then. There's no pushback. There's no polarization that makes things worse.
0: Right, right. And you could say it's a gradual process from the beginning of the series to the next episode where he snaps and all of a sudden he gets to a place where he wants the truth to get out. But I think that's partly because, I mean, he comes to John and Mary and he wouldn't have done that if John hadn't come to him and said, you need to be a better, (laughs) I guess you need to be a better dad to your daughter and stop pulling her stop pulling her away from grace just because you feel like you're losing her i don't think that he would have gone to john in the final episode if that if he hadn't done that in the finale does that make sense yeah maybe maybe
1: uh, he did say that he came to john because he's a judge right and right. That, and par- that's partially the whole like i want justice thing
0: mhm right well anyway we will get to that in the the review after next i suppose um uh, but anyway john says that grace knows the voice that she heard And that I think either it's Grace or Mary says that Grace doesn't see it that way, that she was the victim. And that's that's good. Uh, And clearly she doesn't want to drudge up anything. But it's I mean, obviously, there's not for Grace the the desire to either seek revenge or to even seek justice or to even see the Richters, you know, kind of put in their place in the community where they've been building on these lies for so long even though she knows that that's the case, she still doesn't want to go there. And by telling everyone else that, it's not as much on the parents to where, oh, we want to tell the kids, but we're not going to tell them. It's that Grace has this prerogative and the other adults are left to pick up the pieces, which is what we see in this in this scene, which I think I'm surprised that Grace isn't here as well to discuss this with these people, you know?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. It, it would be very appropriate if she were, but mm-hmm. maybe it's because Dr. Kramer... Is kind of like Tom, not quite wanting to talk to Grace, because mm-hmm.
0: because yeah. of guilt. Well, I was wondering, has he talked to her? Because John says, I think, I think John or Mary says that she's forgiven him for what he did. And back in Insomniacs, it was there was the question of did he actually go to talk to her in that episode?
1: If I remember correctly, he stopped by and like looked at the house, but then didn't talk to her. Right For real, like he kind of lost his nerve. And then later they're saying, you should really talk to her. And he's like, yeah,
0: well, whatever. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Okay, so this is just because he has, he's also central to the story. He's got a lot to process through. Yeah, that makes sense why he'd be having a hard time going to talk to her. So from that scene, we cut back to the kids who are walking to the grill. And they see their parents outside. And Michael and Brooke are kind of the ones who convince Luke and Becca that they can go in. And this was interesting. This this is sort of the theme, the small theme for this episode, because this, this episode is very plot-heavy and backstory-heavy, yes. and we get a little bit of the kids eavesdropping when they know they're not supposed to, and I, I really liked this moral, actually, to where even yeah. if the parents maybe should be a little more transparent with the kids about what's going on, or Grace maybe should be a little bit more, regardless of that, it is cool to see that when the parents give an instruction, how the kids react to it. And then at the end, how Brooke does get a conscience and says, yeah, we weren't supposed to be here in the first place. I really like that. Yeah,
1: I agree. I even as much as I do believe that the parents and Grace and everyone should be more transparent with the kids, that doesn't change the principle that the kids do need to trust the parents as well as respect their wishes when they give them a direct order, a direct explanation of their wishes, saying, mm-hmm. hey, I, I want you to not be present for this meeting because it's not for you to be there. To go against that is, in my mind, worse than the parents not sharing the information with the kids, though I do think that there's a certain amount of it that can be avoided altogether if by parents, being more transparent in the first place.
0: Right, if the parents say, or because the kids find out anyway... And because we will talk about it then, if the kids knew what was going on and if maybe even Brooke and Michael knew and then Luke and Becker were like, oh, come on, why can't you share it with us? If, if Brooke and Mikey could just say, look, our parents told us not to share it, so we can't share it even though we want to and put that back on the parents or put that back on Grace. Sure. I think that would, that would curb a lot of the curiosity that Brooke and Mikey have since they're the main ones who want to go to the diner anyway and they kind of drag – becca and luke along in the first place even though they kind of get sucked. everyone kind of gets sucked in towards the end of it
1: or even if the parents were to do something like that like Mm -hmm. the parents up to this point whenever they're asked about stuff they say oh oh nothing nothing there's nothing there's nothing here pay no attention (laughs) to to the secrets behind the curtain (laughs) um but they could easily not be so cagey and just say you know that's a great question I wish I could answer it for you, Mm -hmm. but Grace has confided something in me and has asked me not to tell you what it is.
0: Well, I think they, to be fair, I think they have said that to a certain extent. They have also said, oh, it's nothing about Dr. Kramer, but I have had the indication that the parents don't want to share because Grace doesn't want them to share either. Right? Have you seen that in the dialogue before this, or has it only been, no, no, there's nothing going on?
1: Uh, so there's sort of both. I think that more often than not it's a KG there's nothing here whereas mm-hmm. when they do say this is something Grace has told us but we're not going to tell you it's generally after the kids have had to do snooping due to the saying there's nothing here. So the parents say there's nothing here, the kids dig into it a little bit more or like <laughs> cuz let's let's uh For the benefit of the doubt, (laughs) let's say there was nothing there. If there was nothing there, then digging would produce no results, and you would go about your life and move on. So the fact that the kids go and they investigate and they say, okay, are you sure there's nothing here? I feel like that's kind of harmless unless you're lying about there not being anything there. In which case, the kids generally find something, and then the parents get upset that the kids uh, started snooping... And then they say, don't you think we don't, we knew what we were
0: doing? Grace didn't want you to know. hmm Yeah, and I think that all comes down to Insomniacs for being the, oh, there's nothing episode. I don't remember many yeah. references to that outside of that one. It just kind of sticks out in my mind. Sure. But anyway, you want to move on from that? Yeah. Okay, so Luke says, yeah, and where else are we going to get something to eat in Cola Rain as another reason to go to the Sunrise Grill? And I'm thinking the Burger Basket. <laughs> Freddy's fresh bovine. <laughs> yeah great call it would have been a good callback so they go in and the only open booth is two booths away from uh from their parents so brooke's like well we might have to go some maybe we should have to go somewhere else or something and mikey says well what about the cheeseburgers <laughs> kind of yelling in the restaurant really surprised the parents didn't hear him right there
1: i am so surprised they didn't hear him throughout the meal he was being so loud I know. and I, I it's it's very interesting kind of seeing that tug and pull of conscience for Brooke because every time that she tells him to be quiet i can only imagine she's like thinking like she has to realize that she's telling him to be quiet so they don't get found out but she's also constantly saying it's okay for us to be here right we're allowed to eat here there's no problem with that despite (laughs) me hiding the fact that we're here
0: exactly and it comes across really well in laurie Krieg's acting in this episode yeah yeah, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. So the next scene is where we get the first flashback. Dr. Kramer is here. He's saying he felt like his hands were tied with Tom Richter coercing him to keep the secret and to, to lie about grace. And Janet's pushing back against it. Like, what about ethics? What about your duty as a doctor? And so he tells the story and we get the flashback scene of Rodney Teslaw acting as Tom Richter Sr., who is he's not gaslighting James Kramer. He's just saying, this is the story you're going to tell and that no one else yeah, just, blackmailing him yeah no one else should suffer needlessly because of this accident and he wants him to sign the document that says that she is mentally unstable Dr. Kramer's saying no no she's not it was not affected by this and he's saying look if you don't sign this then I'll make sure that you don't practice medicine in Coleraine ever again and that's it's a really really well written scene and do you want to go ahead and listen to it now actually yeah alright now just sign the document Dr. Kramer and this will all be over Mr. Richter, I have an obligation as a doctor. Uh, Maybe I didn't make myself clear. If you don't sign the document stating that Grace's mental state has been negatively affected by the accident, uh, you won't have any obligations as a doctor because I will see to it
1: that you never practice medicine in this town
0: again. 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 Yeah, it's a really, really sinister last line, and it builds on the music, which is ominous in the back of the whole scene. And the the beeping of the hospital, the I'm guessing maybe they're standing right there with Grace, which is even more creepy. <laughs> I mean, it's something. I, something's going I on. doubt
1: that. I maybe think not. they're probably like in a side room somewhere mm-hmm. away from her. Cause <laughs> if she just imagine Grace is standing, she's sitting there and she's like, "I'm not crazy."
0: Well, I'm thinking she's unconscious. I'm telling you, I'm
1: not crazy.
0: I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking like she's she's out and like. There, he's Maybe? examining her, and Tom Richter's there. Like, hey, uh, by the way, sign this paper because otherwise, why would there be beeping in the background? Aesthetics,
1: <laughs> or it could be they're just next to another room,
0: okay, or something. You can hear those beepings from outside a room, sure. It sounded like it was inside the room, though. Just the sound design in general in this episode is really, really good, Really, Like the, the dino yeah. sound effects, um, and it was making me hungry for cheeseburgers, but. Anyway, that's what is in Dr. Kramer's past, and that was hinted back in season 1, which is really cool, in the episode where he comes back to town and there's an uproar about it, and then in the final episode where John calls him, a final episode of season 1 where he calls him and he says there was no animal and he's starting to reveal the truth even then, but now everything comes out. So right. that's so that's his story. He signed the paper. Yeah. He says he felt like he was signing away the signing away his soul, and he regrets what he did. Um, and that's where we get the the line about Grace forgiving him. He says he's ready to reveal everything and put it all in the open. And John says, "Oh no, I don't think you should do that because going through with that would be hurting Grace all over again." And Mary says that Grace forgave him to have him find peace, not to fuel revenge. So, is there a way for Doctor Kramer to reveal this and not have it not be? based in revenge, Hmm. or with his state of mind, would it only be to get revenge on Tom Richter?
1: I think the one way that he could reveal it in such a way that it doesn't have anything to do with revenge would be to just come out to the uh, medical community and say, hey, I signed something under... Coercion. Coercion, yes. Uh, I signed something under coercion when I shouldn't have due to an ethical Mm blunder way back when. Here's what it is. Here's why this person did this. But overall, if it was in the air of sort of saying, hey, I want to clear my conscience and let you all know a place where I lied, rather than putting the focus on Mr. Richter, then the focus is on his blunder. And as Mm -hmm. such, it's not really a revenge thing. And people can make their own... Um, deductions yeah. about what that means towards Mr. Richter and Grace Andrews and all of that and it's not done in a vengeful way and people can maybe be like I feel like most people would look at that and say oh wow what a brave move that he didn't really have to do because it's been so long but mm-hmm. okay and then they say oh so that means Grace
0: isn't crazy okay and right. Mr. Richter who is dead was crazy <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, and yeah, so that seems like for him personally, he's struggling with this anger, and Mary's advice to him is for him personally, not for the whole situation, because if Grace didn't mind the truth getting out, then he, there would be that way for him to, to come clean. But because of the context of the episode and because of what he's struggling with, we get the, the revenge angle instead of the main angle of, well, let's find a, a positive way you can reveal this to everyone. Sure. But... John also says that because going through with this would be hurting her all over again. What does he mean by that? Going against her wishes of of having it revealed would be hurting her?
1: If Dr. Kramer were to bring this all out into the open, first off, it would mean pushback. So that means that the Richters would probably do their best to um, minimize and mitigate the damage of Mr. Kramer's, Dr. Kramer's uh, statement. Mm-hmm. And... Whatever drama that incites would probably mean even more um, campaigning against Grace. But then there's also the fact that Grace Andrews is able to live a life where she's not constantly thinking about that night and she's just kind of moving on and, you know, doing her thing, writing her books, talking to kids, um, writing articles for the newspaper. Yeah. And to sort of drag her back into that drama when the Richters are going to fight it means that she's in the same position she was right after the accident where she's, she's having everyone talk about her parents' death and bring up those feelings from that night as well as, um, the Richters fighting against it like they were at the 30 years ago, except it was the other generation.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, But then I think the final sort of nail in the coffin as far as hurting Grace is her wishes. She wants Tom to reveal it, for Dr. Kramer to reveal it, goes against that wish, and... Kind of undermines what she's been working toward. In such a way that, yeah, it undoes what she's been working towards.
0: Mm. Okay, okay, so things are becoming... waiting towards? (laughs) Maybe, I I suppose, more waiting than that, yeah. Mm. I... (laughs) I can only say I am now really anticipating that discussion coming up <laughs> on this whole ending. But anyway, so Dr. Kramer turns the point to, to go to Ben and Janet and say, well, I'm not the only one who needs to be forgiven here because Ben and Janet knew the details of what happened. And they kind of get into a tussle. And John is doing a really good job mediating here, I think, because he's trying to calm everyone down. And cutting to the scene right after that. Janet uh, gets a, a turn to speak and she talks about how she's concerned about how the kids are asking questions. And Ben's like, No, we don't need to talk about that here And she's like, No, 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 the kids are like they're talking at the air show, they were talking at the award ceremony and stuff. I think we should get this whole thing settled so that people or like agree on what we're going to talk about, what we're not gonna talk about, so that we don't stoke any curiosity, I suppose, is what she says there. Yeah. So then the surrounding scenes where Michael wants some ketchup for his burger and they they're in the the other booth saying this is a public place that anyone could be listening, so it makes sense why they're not giving names. But then coming back to the next, the next segment is Janet starts her side of the story, and I think, I guess the first part of her side of the story, Ben doesn't really give anything, which is, you know, kind of weird <laughs> that he's there, but she talks about how the Richters were a powerful front to go up against, even back then, because she was dating Tom. Janet tells the story about how they were dating on and off because Tom Richter Sr. didn't want Tom to be dating her, we get a flashback to the Sunrise Grill of Tom and Janet are there, and you know, I'm thinking in this scene, there's there's no way that's Rodney Tesla playing young Tom Richter, right? That's that's the same actor for Caleb? I think so. Tom. Yeah, it sounds a lot like Caleb. I thought when we
1: interviewed him that uh, Rodney Tesla said that he played it. Yeah, but...
0: he, he did. He was, And I think he said he played him even specifically in The, the Accident. Uh, but when I was going back and listening, I was like, I, I just can't hear it. So I'll have to send the clip maybe, to him and see, like, hey, are you sure about that? Maybe it's just that
1: he did a voice for it and they might have pitched
0: it in some way. And so it's harder to hear his voice in it. Or he recorded his part to get like his voice inflection. Then they had uh Bryce Puffenbarger, I think is his name. Uh as Maybe.
1: Caleb. That would be interesting. Yeah,
0: because I don't know if the actors actually heard the final cut of the episode. So if we played it for him, he sure. might be like, wait a minute, where's my voice? <laughs> where's my voice? <laughs> but anyway, young Tom Richter has an interesting line here where he says, that his parents don't know that he's there. And as long as I'm home by curfew and they think I'm keeping up a good image, they don't care where I am. Which both of those tie into the accident because he wasn't home by curfew and that definitely was not good for his image.
1: Hmm.
0: Just thought that was an interesting contrast. Um, So then Tom Richter Sr. comes in, or actually someone else runs in and starts picking on him like, hey, look who's together again. He's like, I can't stand this town. Everybody knowing everyone else's business. And then Tom Richter Sr. comes in, uh, cuts things off, Basically drags, uh, no, it doesn't drag him out, but it's like you got to end this by tonight. <laughs> he picks up uh, Tom and spikes him over the net. <laughs> walks out of the on building sunglasses. With sunglasses. And walks away, <laughs> Mister Richter. Wrong <laughs> podcast, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the reason was that just Janet's family wasn't that well off, and that's why he didn't want him associating with her. We don't really get yeah uh, a big explanation I think as to why.
1: Yeah, like we hear later. Due to other episodes and stuff with Monica, that Mr. Richter cares a lot about whoever Tom's with, being basically smart enough and well off enough to be worthy, right, of it, and like kind of be worth it, which is a horrible way to view things. <laughs> just to put that out there, but it makes sense here. He's like he's like Janet Gray is like. Maybe she's a high schooler. And so on. For, just to start, she's a high schooler with no necessary, right, no prospects necessarily mm-hmm. for being well off. Like later she becomes a writer for the newspaper, a reporter. And like that's something, but it's not really a position of power so much as influence. And that influence is limited by who cares about her Reporting, But even then, like, she's in high school. She's not a reporter back then. Sure,
0: right. So so Tom Sr. just wanted to make sure that Tom Jr. didn't end up with somebody who would harm his public image. And there was no way he could know about Janet, right? So unless it was somebody who was, like, a friend from the church or the country club church or anything, then that wouldn't – you know, he wouldn't be happy with that. Sure. Okay, and then you also have the flashback from uh, The Best Christmas on Record – in which we'd talked about, I think Hannah had also mentioned that or maybe it was you, I don't remember that part of the big thing was that Monica was trying to impress Tom's mother and so... That's oh yeah, big... I think Hannah did mention that. Yeah, so that probably went a long way for, for that relationship because they were newlyweds and because Tom had put such an emphasis on making sure his father or because he knew that his father wanted to approve of the, of the relationship and because Monica also knew that and we get Retcons in the future that talk about that, that makes sense. That in this episode, he's being super, super protective of Tom, of whoever he's in a relationship with, right? Right. Also, just think how different this whole thing would be if Tom and Janet had become a thing. <laughs> like, P- come with me and ponder the question what <laughs> if <laughs> the alternate Gilead saga? Read it all now. Oh, no. No
1: joke. Like, I do think I do wish that there was more maybe support for fans creating alternate timeline (laughs) content. Yeah. Sort of asking the question, like, what if this happened instead of this? Because that just opens up this whole world of opportunity and possibility and imagination. Mm hmm.
0: I mean, we can still conjecture. We can still do that. I mean, on this podcast, if you want to have a What If episode, I wouldn't be opposed to that. That could be fun. Anyway. that's that. Once
1: we finish all the reviews, that's all we do. We're just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, now let's go back through and just kind
0: of pretend. <laughs> I, I would. That would burn me out very quickly. <laughs> Every episode? Not constantly. Really? Okay. Every once in a while then? Okay. Yeah. Something. We'll talk about it. So the next the next scene is something interesting I wanted to bring up with the the kids in the other booth. They're hearing all of this go down and everyone is kind of surprised that Tom Richter broke up with her. And that um, also because Mrs. Mrs. Gray or Miss Gray is working with uh, Mrs. Richter now, there's a question of how can she stand to work with her? And I think one of them says, I don't know, maybe she's maybe she's moved on. Maybe she seems okay with it. I'm listening to the scene, I'm thinking, it's, it seems pretty obvious it wasn't Tom's fault. He didn't want to break up with her. His, his dad made him. So, that's a pretty good explanation as to why, right? Yes. And so, for the kids to be like, I, I can't believe he did that. Well, direct it at his father. It's not. He'll take it up with Mr. Mr. Richter. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's not here anymore. Oh, well. The next scene is where we get the flashback for two weeks later after that breakup. It's the making plans for graduation night. And... Janet says that the pressure from Tom's parents was beginning to take its toll, and she talks about how she was there when there were other people who were planning for a party. I think, is it Jeff? Is that the guy's guy's name who's kind of being a weirdo about the whole thing? I don't remember. I don't remember either, but- Anyway, they're making plans and Tom they're asking Tom if he's going to be there. He's like, "Yeah, I'll be there." And they say, "Oh, really? I can I'm surprised your father let you go. I mean, would this be a good for the Richter public image?" And then Janet chimes in like, "Maybe you shouldn't go." And he Tom gets picked on for Janet's like meddling in it because they'd broken up recently. And Tom gives the reason that like he wants to go. He's like, "Oh, my dad didn't say I couldn't go to this party." Then the kids hear that. And that's when Brooke gets a conscience and thinks, yeah, well, we're acting just like Tom did. Like, we're here in this restaurant because our parents didn't say we couldn't come to this one, but we knew they wouldn't approve. And even though it's a different situation, like, I, I granted, I think Mr. Richter Sr. made the right call for Tom not to go to that party. But even though it's, it's a different person, they're no better than he is if they do the same thing. So I think it's a good call on, on Brooke's part even though they've heard a lot and even though they're about to... The pieces are so close to coming together, and Mikey hopes his cheeseburger is close to coming to the table, which is a great line. Yes. Brooke decides to turn themselves in, and they go over and talk to, um, talk to the parents. Wrapping up the episode, we don't get a resolution in this episode, but we learn next episode that Brooke and Mikey are being disciplined or they, they have a, a punishment for disobeying the, the parents. And that's just helping the other kids at Mr. Key's, which isn't a, isn't a terrible punishment. It's actually pretty nice to be able to hang out with Mr. Key. But I, th- I think that's an appropriate recourse for we asked you to do this and you did not follow this. Thank you for coming clean, but you still have to, you know, there will still be consequences for that. Sure. Yes, I agree. That brings us to the end of this episode. Instead of a, a like a summary type review for the previous episodes, this one for both of us just went all the way through. So instead of like having final thoughts on the episode, uh, I'll ask you like anything we didn't bring up that you wanted to bring up in this episode. No, not for this
1: episode. This episode was pretty like straightforward. It was a lot of exposition through flashbacks and such, and you get a lot of great information. And there's a an okay moral as well. It's kind of like as far as all the finale episodes, I'd say it's like maybe the most straightforward and kind of Mm -hmm. it's easy to review because they don't really make many like moral claims in the episode other than like the side moral. Mm -hmm. It's just exposition for what happened. And it's definitely like a really exciting episode from a here's what happened. All the secrets are being revealed kind of perspective.
0: Yeah, it's cool to follow through. And as a as a moral goes or as a theme goes, it's cool to follow through this secret that there's some sin in someone's past or some wrongdoing in someone's past that has been covered up and seeing all the actions that led to that. We see the first flashback Tom Richter forcing James Kramer or blackmailing James Kramer into lying. There's the scene with Tom and that whole breakup and the coercion there. There's the scene of the party and Tom going against his parents' wishes, and we see all these instances of Tom going down a dark path and all of these wrongdoings in the past. And that's sort of the thing here is that this is this isn't something that's just a, a story. It is just a story for us. But for the kids in the story, I liked that sort of not fourth wall break, but that line in a future episode that these aren't just characters; these are these are people. And to Brooke and to the rest of the gang, even though they want to figure out the story, these were real wrongdoings that these people did a long time ago.
1: Right. Though I do laugh at that line whenever I hear it. They're like, <laughs> these these aren't these aren't just characters in a story. I'm like,
0: well, they kind of are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, that's why I always have a problem when people reference like movies in movies. Like I thought that movies existed in a world where there are no movies, because otherwise this movie would be a movie. Whoa, it's movieception! On that note, why don't we end this thing? <laughs> sure. And with that, we are finished with part one of the final three episodes in the Era One finale. Uh, Ryan, we're gearing up for a big finale here. It's the end of the first four seasons, which is the end of this big arc and it's the end of the first era of our podcast so Woo. there will be some changes to the podcast coming up I hope everyone in the audience is ready for those we'll uh, introduce you to what those are uh, pretty soon here we're getting new co-hosts no I mean <laughs> I could change no. my voice but I don't think you'd want that <laughs> like uh, would want I that. think
1: that would be a little weird don't you
0: next time we'll be continuing this review series with the next part in the secrets of grace episode 55 the beginning of the end So, until then, I'm Michael. I'm Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time as we review the penultimate episode in The Secrets of Grace on our return to Gilead.